Well, this morning I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Psalm chapter 106. Psalm chapter 106. Psalm chapter 106. And God begins to go through in this passage uh, outlining some failings of the nation of Israel. And there's a lot of parallels that we can get from them. Now, as we know, the things that were written in Scripture that have happened before time, as it is said, uh, are written for our learning, something to walk away from and to take away in our own life. And every single day, a Christian should be analyzing where they are spiritually. We should be asking that question. What, what, what's my relationship like with Jesus Christ? Uh, where am I in my Bible reading? What, what am I praying about and praying for? Uh, who am I praying for? Um, what is the closeness of fellowship that I have with other believers? Uh, is there something in my heart that may be causing me to stray from God or stray away from what God has called me to do? And this is one of those areas that we can begin to look at. And I want us to take a look at Psalm 106 and look at verse 13. Talking about the nation of Israel, it says, They soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for our time and an opportunity to be here. Time and an opportunity, Lord, to worship you by hearing from you. I pray, Lord, that this morning we'd please and honor you by being receptive and ready to receive. That, Lord, we would have a desire to hear your uh, principles and your truths, that we can apply them in our lives, that we can please you more and more. And, Lord, again, I just pray you'd be with me in my words that the words that would be spoken would only be what you would want, that, Lord, our hearts would all be ready and receptive to receive, and that, Lord, this time we just honor who you are, glorify your name and your word, and, Lord, that we would walk away from this not just thinking that that was some sort of nice message, but truly to be reflective in our life, to see whether or not we're lean in our soul or and Lord, again, I thank you for this time. Thank you for those that are here. And this I ask and pray in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. I guess the title of the sermon this morning would be Leanness in Your Soul. And there comes a time where if you're really, truly honest with yourself, you begin to reflect on the Christian life that you're walking, and sometimes you feel it's wanting. We can enter into areas of stagnation. We can enter into areas of comfortability where we're just so comfortable we don't want to move. We don't want to do anything. Uh, sometimes there, there can be other uh, things that, that, that cause us to, 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 to think about our Christian life and where we're at. And sometimes it just seems like it's stalled out. And I dare say one of the things that happens is sometimes we get what we want. 
we get what we want. And right here in this passage, it makes it very clear that the leanness in the soul, meaning that we're kind of starving ourselves, if you will, we're not getting the right spiritual nutrition, is because we've gotten to the point of where God has just said, fine, this is what you want, this is what you'll get. Now that's a kind of a dangerous place to be. The nation of Israel got there several times. I want us to go over to Numbers chapter 11, and and, and I want to point out a few things, because this is the passage that it's talking about. This is a passage that occurs. This happens over and over and over again throughout the Scripture, where there's, you know, the nation of Israel is struggling. And, And again, it starts off with Numbers chapter 11. They just start complaining. They just start complaining. You ever had a complaint? You ever, you ever, you ever have a problem? Maybe you didn't receive the right service. Maybe you didn't receive the right product or something and you want to complain. Well, I'll tell you this. God is not the one that you want to complain to. And you don't want to complain about God and you don't want to complain about his works. You don't want to complain about what he's done. Because God is doing all of this out of the loving kindness of his heart towards Israel. He's freed them. He's using all of this for his glory, honor, and praise. And what happens, they run into a little bit of a trouble, and they just start complaining, murmuring and complaining. And in verse 1, it says, And when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. Kind of a rule of thumb, don't complain. If your life is about complaining, whether you're complaining about brothers and sisters in Christ, whether you're complaining about sermons, whether you're complaining about the church, whether you're complaining about the blessings that you've received from God, whether you're complaining about what you didn't receive from God, just let's just get clear of this. Don't. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. Because he, he makes it very clear here. It says, and the Lord heard it. Now, I want to make sure that we understand this. The Lord pays attention to those things. The Lord listens to that. And when the Lord heard it, what happened? And his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burnt among them and uh, consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. Fire starts. Fire starts. I don't know if you've seen some of those images of what happened down there in California when those cities were burning to the ground. Entire cities burning to the ground. Paradise, California, burned to the ground. Some of the pharmacies... That, that, that I've, uh, that I work with and, uh, we're, we're concerned about that. There were several others and, 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 you know, stores and, you know, necessities, things like that burning to the ground. I just remember seeing the images of just the darkness and then the fire and just seeing how bad it was. It was awful. And people died in that. Could you imagine that happening in a camp that is built with tents? 
flammable materials. Not the modern stuff that we have today that's supposed to reduce damage, but, but, but stuff that's wood burning through the camp. This happens, and it says, and the people cried unto Moses, and when Moses prayed unto the Lord, the fire was quenched. Thank God Moses prayed. Thank God Moses prayed. But but what happens right after that, in verse 4, it says, and the mixed multitude that was among them fell a-lusting. They started wanting something, And what did they want? And the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who shall give us flesh to eat? We remember the fish we, which we did eat freely, uh, did eat in Egypt freely, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, and the onions and the garlic. But now our soul is dried away. They're thinking physically, God's wanting to do something for them spiritually, but in the end, spiritually, they were having some leanness and they were going to dry away spiritually. And they said, there's nothing at all besides this manna before our eyes. You realize that's a lie? Did you ever notice that? There's an important uh, principle when you read Scripture to kind of read some things chronologically. Uh, Turn over to Exodus chapter 16. Now, Exodus takes place before Numbers. And what we have here in Exodus chapter 16, and in uh, in this passage, uh, the, the Lord says in verse 11, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel speak unto them, saying, At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. And it came to pass that at even uh, the quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay round about the host. And when the dew was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, small as the whore, Frost on the ground, and when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, It is manna, for they wist not what it was. Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. Now, I want you to realize there's two things that were given. Bread and flesh. And God said he was going to do this. And it got to a point where in Numbers chapter 11... The bread wasn't good enough. Now, who is the bread? Jesus Christ is the bread of life. What is our bread? It's the word of God. And it comes to a point in time where people forget what God has given them. They're complaining they don't have enough flesh, but yet they're given a provision of flesh As he says, he says, this is what is going to happen. He says, this is going to go on. They're going to go and gather all of this. They're going to take these things. They're going to get all of this food. And he gives them instructions on how to handle the manna. But they get quails. They get quails. And they're complaining about they don't have any flesh. 
The problem is, is they wanted more. They wanted more than what God had given them. Lusting. Lusting. And he tells them very clearly, going back to Numbers chapter 11, turn back over there. Uh, I want us to, to understand that the, the words that, that the psalmist wrote when he said they soon forget his works, they completely forgot about the quail. They forgot what God had given them. In the morning they got manna, in the evening they got quail. That's how it worked. But it wasn't good enough. In verse uh, verse uh, um, 18 here, it says in Numbers chapter 11, And say unto the people, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow, and ye shall eat flesh. For ye have wept in the ears of the Lord, saying, Who shall give us flesh to eat? For it was well with us in Egypt. Therefore the Lord will give you flesh, and ye shall eat it. He says, You want flesh? You want flesh? I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. And the way he describes how he's going to give the flesh, that they're going to get so much flesh that it's coming out their nostrils. That becomes, a, if you will, an area of danger for them. It becomes an area of sin. And he says, you know, and Moses, Moses starts talking to the Lord. He's like, you know, what are you going to do? How are you going to give it to him? And he says in verse 22, he says, shall the flocks and the herds be slain for them to suffice them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them to suffice them? And is, and the Lord said unto Moses, is the Lord's hand waxed short? Thou shalt, uh, thou shalt, uh, see now whether my word shall come to pass unto thee or not. Even Moses was like, okay, uh, how are we going to feed all these people? Even if we killed all the cattle and everything that we've got, it's not going to satisfy these people. The Lord said, just watch. Watch what happens. And he goes through this in verse 31. It says in there, there uh, went forth a wind from the Lord and brought quails from the sea and let them fall in the camp as it were a day's journey on this side and as it were a day's journey on the other side. That's a lot of bird. That's a lot of bird. And, and he says round about the camp as it were two cubits high upon the face of the earth. That's even more bird. Could you imagine that many birds? We live in a wildlife refuge and we've got birds. There's birds everywhere. We used to have birds living in our vent. Thank God for Mike Nemeth. He evicted them from our vents. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? There's birds. And you ever see when like birds come and there's a whole bunch of them and whether they're on a telephone pole or in a tree and they're all making the noise and they're all chirping all together and stuff like that. Could you imagine a day's journey? You walk a day, 24 hours, and you still aren't out of the quail that's two cubits high. Cubit being about 18 inches. 36 inches. Three feet of bird. God gave them what they wanted. They wanted flesh. They got it. When he said it was going to be coming out of their nostrils, it did. 
God made it very clear what was happening here. And it says in verse 32, and the people stood up uh, all that day and all that night and the next day and they gathered the quails and he that gathered, um, he gathered least gathered 10 omers and they spread them abroad uh, for themselves round about the camp. And while the flesh was still between their teeth, ere it was chewed, the wrath of God was kindled against the people and smote the people with a very great plague. And here he is, he gives them what they wanted. Going back over there to Psalms chapter 106, we see how the psalmist is is saying, he's saying, look, there's a couple of things that we need to point out about when you get what you want. Now, there are things that we want in life, but our wants should always align with what God's wants are. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We should want to see people trust Christ as their Savior. And we should do actions accordingly. God wants believers to come together in fellowship and in love. And we should act upon that in fellowship, love, and charity. God wants us to do certain things, but sometimes our wants, which become more of the flesh more of the carnality, more of of what satisfies me gets in the way. And this mixed multitude that infiltrated the thoughts and the hearts and the minds of the people caused such a great plague that it began to kill people. They got what they want, but it killed them. And if we take a look at what he says back over there in Psalm 106 and in verse 16... Uh, excuse me, in verse 15, it says, and he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. He, you know what? He gave them what they wanted physically, but they starved spiritually. In order for a Christian to grow, you must feed yourself. You must feed yourself from the word of God. It is the bread and the water by which we require to grow in Christ. Jesus Christ tells us to grow up in him. This is something that we as believers have to understand. We are to grow. And if we don't grow, we're stagnant. We're lean. We don't have the right nutrition. I was laying in a hospital over a hundred days this year in a hospital bed. One time going three weeks without any food. I lost over a hundred pounds. Almost a third of my body weight. There was leanness physically. Could you imagine starving yourself for that, doing that? There are physical complications as to what happened in the hospital beds that I'm dealing with now currently still. When it comes to the spiritual things, sometimes people think, well, Sunday morning is just good enough. I'll get fed. 
Try going eating one meal on one day of the week and see how you fare. I guarantee you, by the very next day, you are ready to chew people's arms off. You're hungry. Let's say you make it to the second day. You're like, okay, I'm doing pretty good. But I guarantee you by the third day, you're having some problems. You're getting super hungry. You're wanting something. But there's one thing that's very interesting about hunger is you know you can sometimes suppress that hunger pain and suppress that desire for hunger. You can do that when you're fasting, you're just bringing your body into submission. But I'll tell you this. Don't fast from the Word of God. And people think, well, Sunday's just good enough, right? They come Sunday, they open their Bibles on Sunday morning, and then they go home and they set the Bible down and they never open it again. They never get anything from God for the whole rest of the week, and they think they're fine. And they're like, well, it's kind of like recharging your batteries. <sighs> Don't get me started on recharging batteries. Because I tell you, you can't do that. You'll destroy yourself. Just like the nation of Israel was doing. And I want, I want to point out that, 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 that there's something that leads to a leanness in the soul. And the psalmist identifies four things. Interestingly enough, the, the, the kind of four symbolizes some things in scripture. Four talks about things of the world, like the four corners of the earth, the four seasons, and so on and so forth. Four kind of relates to things of the world. Here we've got four things, four worldly things, if you will, a worldly mentality that will lead to a leanness and a spiritual starvation in your soul. Because you know what God's going to do? God's just going to go, okay, I'll give it to you. You want that? Okay. But there's repercussions. Just like over in Romans chapter 1, they were all going after things that were not God, and God said, I'm going to go ahead and give them over to a reprobate mind. I'm going to let them do what they want to do. Just go ahead. The end result is they brought damnation unto themselves. But we see here there's four things that he points out. Four things he points out. And in verse 13, the first one is they soon forgot his works. Over and over and over again in Scripture, we find that the nation of Israel forgets what God has done for them. Numbers chapter 11 is not too far gone from what happened at the Red Sea. Isn't too far gone what happened uh, on the mountain and the whole golden calf thing. Isn't too far gone from when God provided food and manna for them. Isn't too far gone from, from God delivering them from enemies. Isn't too far gone from keeping the beasts of the field from devouring them. Isn't too far gone from those things. 
Numbers chapter 11, they're getting ready to head into the, 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 um, the promised land. They've got all the wealth of Egypt. And, and, and what happens? They forgot about it. One thing that will lead to the leanness in your soul and God giving you what you really, really, truly are lusting after is when you forget what God has already done for you. Let's start off first and foremost. The greatest thing that God has ever done for anyone on the face of the earth is to give of himself and die on a cross for our sins. Why do you think Paul says, put on the helmet of salvation? What does that mean? That means the first thing you think about is I am saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. I have sins that are forgiven. I am saved from a devil's hell. I am saved from eternal death. I am saved unto him. I am going to live for him. I'm going to not forget the fact that he has given so much for me that I want to do my own. That I want something that is outside of what God wants us to have. But the problem is, is we forget. We forget. It falls out of our mind. You ever forget something? That happens a lot. Sometimes it starts happening more frequently. Sometimes there are things that they're actual medical problems. People enter into Alzheimer's and they forget their loved ones. They enter into dementia, forget what's going on in their surroundings, and who they are. And it's so sad to see those things. But I tell you, we as, as believers, we should not fall into spiritual dementia. We should not fall into where we're forgetting what God has done for us and how great he is. Because it will lead to a spiritual leanness. It will lead to a part where we are starving our souls. We are starving ourselves. The second thing that we see here that they did is they, they waited not for his counsel. I want you to understand something. They waited not for his counsel. That means when something came up, they didn't wait for God to give them the answer. They decided it on their own. The counsel of, of, of God is his word. They didn't wait for God to speak. They didn't wait for God to give them direction. They didn't wait for God to to tell them this is what needs to be done. They didn't wait for any of that. They just went off and did it on their own without consulting God. You know what that tells me? It tells me they were impatient. They were impatient. You ever lose your patience? Does that happen to anyone? You ever been in line and just sit there going... And then you're at the Walmart, and then somebody opens up the coin purse. <laughs> and you're sitting there going, oh, get with the times. 
use a card, be on the grid. You know, we get impatient. The car in front of us waits 0.23 seconds longer at the green light. Quick honk. Remind them it's green. You become impatient. When you forget what God's done, the first thing that's going to happen to you right after that is you're just going to get, you're going to lose your patience. Why? Because again, you're not waiting for God to do some wondrous works. You already forgot what he did before. Why would you wait for him? You're just going to go off and charge and do it yourself. You know what happens? You're starving yourself. You're starving yourself. Look at the third thing here in verse 14, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness. Now what happens when they forget what God has done for them and they're not waiting for the word of God to give them the direction, they begin lusting for something uh, that they want, but he uses the word exceedingly here, meaning that it begins to increase the more and more and more and more and more and more and more to the point of where it's all they can think about. And they were torturing themselves. Torturing themselves. Oh, think about the fish that we had. Think about this that we had. Think about that that we had. Think about all these things. And they're thinking about Egypt. They're not thinking about God. They're not thinking about the bondage and the pain that they were in, that they were crying unto the Lord. They're thinking about what they are missing that they don't really need because they're going to a land of milk and honey. You know, at one point in time, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but they they, they actually said that Egypt was the land of milk and honey. The nation of Israel, they called Egypt the land of milk and honey. Not what God was going to give them. Why? Because it was too hard, too difficult. But here they just begin lusting exceedingly. They wanted something that, number one, they already had. And number two, they just wanted more of. God had already blessed them. They forgot who gave it to them. They didn't wait to see what God was going to do next and how God was going to care for them. The next thing they do is they just start saying, I want more, 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 more. It's not enough. It's not enough. More of the physical, more of the flesh, more of the world. More, more, more. And we see that today. It's just an insatiable desire. People want more of everything. People start running out of toilet paper and it's the end of the world. They're like, no, 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 we need more. We need more. What did we do before that was invented? Anyways, moving on. You know, the supply chain things, people start missing things out and they're like, no, 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 I need more of that. My favorite brand of cracker isn't on the shelf anymore. Favorite bag of chips is no longer there because of supply chain problems. They begin lusting after. They begin lusting after. And as it says here, the next thing is, They tempted God in the desert. 
They forgot what he had done. They did not wait to hear what he had to say. They began, their heart began to become fixed on something that they shouldn't have fixed it upon. And now they decided, well, we're going to start tempting God. We're going to start, if you will, provoking him, tempting him, trying to get him to do something. One of my first jobs I ever had, they found out I was a Christian and I was harassed for it. And when I say harassed, they were provoking me to sin. They said, we're going to take you to, 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 just call it what it is. We're going to take you to a strip club. I said, I'm not even 18 years old. You can't. Besides, I don't want to go. We'll kidnap you and drag you there. We'll force you to see these things. That sounds like really great co-workers, doesn't it? Why? Because they wanted to defile me. They wanted to defile what they saw was God in me. That became a problem. Eventually left there. But 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 uh, I just want to point that out. They were tempting. They kept trying to tempt me to do something wrong. Well, is he going to say something? Is he is he going to use a curse word? And they were watching everything about, and they tried to aggravate me and antagonize me and try to get a response out of me that would be unChristlike. Now that's just, that's the world attempting a believer. Could you imagine? A million plus people beginning to tempt God, saying, God, you're not capable of doing what you said you were going to do. You're not going to keep your promise. We're all going to die out here. We're all going to die of starvation because all we have is this manna. They tempted God. And God said, okay. I'll give you what you want. But it'll come at a cost. You may get what you want physically, but it may come at a cost spiritually. I want us to remember that. When we pray, are we always praying for the physical things? Are we praying for the physical blessings? Or are we seeking the spiritual blessings? Do we wake up in the morning saying, oh God, please, uh, don't let me kill somebody today. Hopefully that's not your prayer. I'm using it as an extreme. If that is your prayer, please come see me after service. We have some things to talk about. But, you know, it may be the case. Oh Lord, please don't, you know, you know, this physical and that physical. And when's the last time we sat down and we said, God, I want you, Lord, give me, give me bread from your word. Every time you open the Bible and you're looking for something or you're seeking something from scripture, I, I, 
I think it's important that you pray for it first. You're getting ready to do your day-to-day life uh, and and you're going to do your daily devotion and you're going to sit down and you're going to open the Word of God and you're going to read it. You should pray about it first. Not pray whether or not you should do it. You should still do it. I'm saying, Lord, please remove any skills from my heart. Lord, please remove anything that's going to keep that uh, 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 your word of God uh, piercing into me and your spirit speaking to me. Lord, show me something from your word today that just shows who you are. Reveal yourself through your word to me today. Do we pray like that? Do we seek God in that way? And the nation of Israel and the problem that they had here that brought about a leanness into their soul, that brought about, if you will, a, a spiritual starvation, was that, yeah, they got what they wanted, but it started with all of these problems of, of uh, forgetting, not waiting, being impatient, lusting, and tempting. They did all those things to get what they wanted to get. How desperate would we be to get what we want? And some people are very desperate. Some people will get it whatever the cost. But here as a believer, we don't operate that way. We shouldn't operate that way. We should be seeking the word of God. We should be remembering everything that he's done for us. We should cast aside lusting after things that we don't need. And we should really never even try to attempt to tempt God. And it's ironic over in Numbers chapter 11, they said that their soul was wasting away. Because they didn't have the physical things. No, their soul began to waste away when they forgot about the spiritual. And I just want to encourage us, if we seek to grow in this Christian life, and we seek to mature in Him, and we seek to sin less and do righteousness more, if we seek to be holy every single day rather than being ungodly. If we're seeking to do those things, we cannot be lean in our soul. We cannot be lean in the spiritual things. We have to be full. I want us to turn to two verses and we're going to be done. Two verses. And I want us to go over to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. In Matthew chapter 5, this is known as the Sermon on the Mount, sometimes called the Beatitudes. In Matthew chapter 5 and in verse 6, it says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Hunger and thirst after righteousness. Not after the things of the world. Not after things of the flesh. But he says the one that's going to be blessed is the one that that seeks after the things of God, that seeks after his righteousness. Those are the ones that get full. 
not lean. They get full. Turn over back over to the Psalms again in Psalms chapter 36. And I want us to see this again, making this correlation, Psalms chapter 36. Psalms chapter 36. In verse 7, it says, How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore all the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. Well, what's the opposite of lean? Fat. You can get lean ground beef. Or you can get fatty ground beef. You can get a lean steak or you can get one that's marbled with fat. One inherently tastes better, by the way. But he says here, they shall be satisfied with the fatness of thy house. The nation of Israel wasn't satisfied with what God gave them. But if we as believers want to be, if you will, fat, that fatness is found in God. And thou shalt make them to drink of the rivers of thy pleasure. For with thee is the fountain of life, and in thy light we shall see light. Comes down to this. How are we growing? Are we getting our right spiritual nutrition? Are we even growing in the Lord? And sometimes it takes a moment of pause for us to sit back and say, Am I a little bit lean? Have I forgotten what God did for me? What he's done for me? What he is doing for me? Have I waited for the counsel of the Lord to show me and to teach me what I need to do? Have I gone lusting after something that I shouldn't? And am I tempting God with my life, living on the edge, skirting that boundary between righteousness and holiness and ungodliness and sin. Am I tempting God in that way? If you are, you're bringing some starvation to your soul. If we want to grow in Christ, the way we grow, remember Him, seek His Word, Want what he wants and please him with your life. Very simple. Very simple. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for the time you've given to us. Thank you again for an opportunity, Lord, to just hear from your word very briefly about uh, leanness in our soul. Lord, I pray that we'd all be reflective of that that we would think about it, and we'd ponder it, we'd meditate, and we'd ask the serious questions. Am I lean? Do I need more of you? And the answer is, Lord, we always need more of you. We need more direction, we need more guidance. But Lord, let's not look just 
help us to not overlook what you've already done for us, what you've already given to us, what you saved us unto, what you've provided for us. Lord, may we always be thankful and content. May we always lift up your name in praise. May we not tempt you with our lives. Thank you again for those that are here. I pray you just continue to work in our hearts as we sing praises unto you, as we sing songs to you. Lord, again, I just thank you for all of this. And this I ask in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.